Production. Recorded live. You're listening to a podcast? Go. with Mace Extended Edition. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, welcome this to another edition of... long enough. Welcome to another edition of Up Late with Mace. I'm your host, Mace, and this is the podcast for the, where the grown-ups go to talk about adult stuff and things. Somebody backing up their truck? <laughs> Somebody's operating heavy machinery. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, it's the podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, in the studio with me is our uh, musician. What the fuck is going on here? Let me start again. We've got music and co-hosting by Keith W. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got uh, Petty Fan is here. I exist. McCollix is in the hizzy. I managed to dig out of the snow for this. Dark Excalibur Wolf. Personally, I think all Dogen should be translated in Aussie speak. <laughs> How'd you like to squeal there, the guitar? Nice. And, of course, bringing up the com- color commentary rear, or on Dark Lord. Would anti-vaxxers' heads explode if someone invented a vaccine for autism? <laughs> I- I'm not sure how I feel about that question. <laughs> It's not possible, but it's funny to think about what would happen if it was. Those don't just eat solid work. Vaccine is specific for an antiviral method mechanism. No, they, they, they created the vaccine for, for autism so that they could cre- spread autism through their other vaccines. It all makes sense. I'm going to go with this. Well, the idea is to give everybody autism with vaccines to create a market to sell your autism vaccine. Genius. Hydrophobia is an early warning sign of the impending autism. Are we talking about rabies or the literal fear of water? Both. Is hydrophobia the old term for rabies? That's what I just said. Yeah. I'm so glad that we backed up the hyperbole dump truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody's messaging me. Oh, no. This is terrifying. All right. Well, we got a lot of territory to cover here, and apparently I'm extremely easily distractible tonight. So, anybody have any Anybody have anything interesting to add to the opening of this show? Um, uh, I just stop. Besides hilarious asshole reviews. <laughs> Seriously. 
<laughs> uh, well, snowed like it snowed like at least one out of every four days for the last two weeks. At least probably one out of every three days, and it's still supposed to snow more this week. No oh, dear. Um, we got snow here, but not as much as Golix. So we should really come take it back. I'm pretty sure I've got more snow than both of you put together. How much snow do you have? A lot. <laughs> do, you, do, do you use a razor blade to line it up on your mirror? Oh. <laughs> Wrong kind of snow. Hi, kids. At least two feet. What have you got? Uh, over three feet, I think. Okay, you yes. actually got me beat. That's an awfully long line. Yes. So Valentine's Day is coming up, and Kelly is a jewelry designer, jewelry maker, so buy some of her stuff. Yes. I was going to say plug, plug. Plug, plug. I, I would, but I don't have anyone to Valentine. <laughs> Forever alone. That's okay. You could just, you know, follow random people at the Starbucks and say, I love you, man. I love you. You can, like, print out, like... I thought we were supposed to be against sexual harassment on this show. We are. That was being ironic, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, Besides, joke, I, was also, was too deep for you. I was also doing a really bad impression of Freddie Prince Jr.'s basically every movie ever. Um, because in every movie, he's like, I, I don't care that you got no arms and no legs. I love you. I love you. <laughs> body inside you. Prove that he isn't a robot. That's my challenge to you, folks. All right, did we forget anybody? I was just pointing out that we got like 58 more minutes to cover. Um, <laughs> um, anti-vaxxers are retarded. Go. Oh my God, I don't even want to. You can catch autism. <laughs> I sneezed on this guy, and and now he's retarded. Wait. No, my cat sneezed on him. Hey, look at look on the bright side. This way, maybe there will be a demon called Anti-Vax in the next Shin Megami Tensei game. Oh, boy. <laughs> Why? Why well, not? Okay, it's a joke I mean, because... The first one had Hitler. No, that was the second one. In 4, there was a demon called Chemtrail, oh, which God. is exactly what it says it is. That is it, it is a demon born of the public's belief in chemtrails. People are crazy. Does this work that that's a thing? Like it's, it's, I don't know if it's much of a Shimigami Tensei or even Persona thing. It just seems to me like a very Japanese way of thinking about the supernatural. So it's basically Tulpas. Uh, Shin Megami no, Tensei... Tulpas are of, different. Some of the Shin Megami Tensei games do have a thing where rumors can become real. Like what's, what's important I think is people's two, belief think, in them. Yeah. So maybe Slenderman will get the anti-vaxxers. One can only hope. You never know. <laughs> no! They need to make a vaccine that will protect their kids against Slenderman. Oh, God. <sighs> I don't even know what's going on anymore. Yeah, I, I can't... I, so completely lost control of the place. <laughs> Lost? You had it? 
Um, I do have control of the end button over here. So <laughs> yeah, well, you won't even use it on Adam, so I think we're safe. That's because I'm not a total dickweed. Not yet. I could be. <laughs> oh, great. God, we've covered all the hot button stuff. Let's see. The uh, biggest anti-science, anti-space idiot on the face of the planet is in charge of the Space and Science Committee in the Senate. So. He can't possibly be the biggest one. I, I'm pretty sure I've heard worse. You know, I think the biggest problem is that Ted Cruz is just so ambivalent about being alive that, uh, I mean, look at his response to the State of the Union. He was just like, eh, let me start over again. <laughs> I'm pretty sure whoever, whichever senator it was who said that global warming can't be a thing because God promised not to destroy the world again after Noah's flood is more anti-science stupid than this guy. There was another one that said that it, it's ridiculous to believe that climate change is, is human-made because God is still up there and we can't mess around with what God's already doing. Some of these people missed the chapter in the Bible about free will. <laughs> well, these are people. Oh, man, it's all with, part of this plan. Well, Even our free will is think, part of it. These are people who think that if you got a good parking spot, it's God rewarding you. Yeah. You personally. <laughs> is that after you took a shit on the homeless? <laughs> well, that anyway. They don't seem to. To believe in those God blessed me with this great parking spot after I nearly clipped this homeless person with a cart full of empty tin cans. Clearly, God's an objectivist. <laughs> no, man, he just rewards faith. Well, no, he clearly clipped him, so clearly God had this plan. So you say clipping that homeless person actually put his, his life in the right direction. Now he's <laughs> on his way to not being homeless anymore. Yeah, because he's just going to get a better job. By willing it. Exactly. It's like, but he did have a job. It was collecting your empty fucking soda can you just threw out the window of your car. And it hit him in the head with. <laughs> oh, it's really a plan. I was reading this one article where they, where they said, get a better job. And then all of the garbage collectors got better jobs and stopped collecting garbage, so people had to throw away their own shit. <laughs> hmm. And, uh... You know, but get a better job, and all of the people flipping hamburgers got better jobs, and there was nobody left to ha to flip hamburgers. So you had to flip your own damn grease ball heart attack specials. So, you know, you should be happy. You got your wish in terms of the Senate agreeing that climate change is real. And the major even though it didn't technically pass because the Senate's fucked up, the majority of them agreed it was man-made. Mm-hmm. That actually happened. I, see, I had heard that, that it died in committee. <laughs> no, it happened. They passed, I think, 98 to 1 with an abstention or something that climate change exists. They got like 59 people to agree that it's man-made. That's impressive. Which somehow counts by the Senate's fucked up rules as the bill failing. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Democracy in action. 
bill <laughs> fails by by considerable majority. Yeah, it's not. But there's some there's something to be said for tyranny of the majority because sometimes the majority is wrong, and it's a good idea to have a mechanism to fight against that when it happens. But, but the problem is that they made it way too easy to stop anything from happening at all. Yeah, I'm fine with there being a mechanism, but that mechanism should be something other than just saying you don't like it. If you want to filibuster, you should have to actually get up and filibuster. Like they do in Texas. Come to the stand and read from the phone book. Yeah, like they do in Texas and the three strikes rule and you can't go up top. Oh, wait. No, you should have, they should have a rule. If you want a filibuster, you have to actually be talking on the Senate floor about the topic. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, in Texas, Wendy Davis had to stand there for 13 hours talking. And there you're not even allowed to lean on your podium. Nope, you can't lean on your podium. You can't ask for any help. You can't go stop and get a drink of water or take a bathroom break. Uh, if you go off topic three times, you're out. That, that seems like a sensible set of rules to Except me. for the fact that it, it's up to the, to, the, uh, to the head of the Texas Senate to decide whether or not you're going off topic. Well, the Senate has a parliamentary. Somehow, somehow to... tying women's health to abortion is going off topic. Oh, come on. Yep. Uh, one other well, thing, though. That's that's that they have a parliamentarian who's supposed to be neutral, and people actually kind of respect that. So, Yeah, but Texas is not Texas is uh, not about the neutrality. Oh, no, I'm just um, saying that set of rules sounds like a decent guideline for filibustering. Another thing is that I don't think there's really any reason why you should be able to filibuster proceeding to a vote on a bill. Yeah, I agree. Well, but no, the filibuster is designed to prevent it from ever being called to a vote. You need a supermajority in order to break the filibuster. That's the whole point of the filibuster. Oh, yeah. To prevent yeah, yeah. Right. bills from, but, from ever getting to a vote. The, the, but what they do now is they filibuster ending debate on a bill. I understand that. But it's necessary to do because not everybody, not everybody has the wherewithal or the fortitude to do a filibuster right. Strom Thurmond basically stood up and read from the from the phone book for 24 hours. <laughs> back in the back, back in the 50s when they were trying to pass the civil rights move, the Civil Rights Act. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Yeah, when they were trying to end segregation, he filib- he famously filibustered it for 24 hours straight. You've got to be really, really committed to being a racist to pull that off. Well, he was. Hey, man, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, well, apparently he, he, was, he had closeted jungle fever because don't forget about his illegitimate half-black children. Also, to, pa- to paraphrase, just because I don't want them to vote doesn't mean I don't want to fuck them. <laughs> to be fair, that does seem to be a lot of people's attitudes, especially if you're a misogynist in addition to a racist. I mean, it's not about not wanting to fuck them if you just view them as disposable whores. You know, it actually is much more insidious than that because a, a lot of the old Southern racists 
uh, still look at people of African descent as chattel, especially especially if you had ancestors who were slave owners. So if you were having sex with your beast of birth, there is not enough finger waving in the world that I can do right now that will make me finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's despicable. I'm just gonna let that hang out there. I am so glad that I don't live in that part of the country. No. Who's fucking with their microphone? Not I. I can hear it, so I know it isn't me this time. Probably me. <laughs> well, stop it. That's annoying. Sorry. If you want to fuck your microphone, take it outside. And unplug it. Hey, do you have anything interesting to say right now? Not really. <laughs> You're just too stunned into silence, huh? I'm just like, I'm like, what the fuck, guys? Well, I mean, we're just talking about actual history that actually happened. Really, all kind of engine about fucked up things we believe. We're pointing out idiocy around the world. What, is that soapbox or something? Uh, you know, we're just going to have to kick that box over. <laughs> I mean, if you want something, I can go get my fedora. Please don't. Keith, talk about talk about uh, audiobook music. <laughs> uh, well, all right. Right now, we're still in the, the very early phases of development on the stuff that's going on, because we're waiting on... We're going to be working with the material that Jerry Cohen did for Mac back in the day mm-hmm. as a baseline to write from. But Jared's also doing. Uh, actually, I talked to J- uh, Jared apparently, and he's doing a whole like remastering of all of them, and so that's going to be a very interesting thing to be able to plug everything into once it's all together. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I know the guys in the band are looking forward to it. Glenn is like super. He's like, oh, DS9 is awesome, and we're going to do this thing like that, like that. Yes, let's go. <laughs> is it in yet? <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> Dial it back. Dial it back. <laughs> abort, abort. We're on a dirty podcast, right? Oh, that's true. There's no holes bars. Kind of like you're saying abort and abort. I was like, yeah, do we really want to make that joke? No, man, you've got to commit. <laughs> now, did you want to say anything about casting, or do you want to leave that be? <laughs> uh, well, we haven't made any really definitive de- uh, decisions on that yet, have we? I, I don't think so. I haven't heard this person, but I was telling the guys about it offline. <laughs> we can go watch the, the very series that that person has worked on. Uh, yes, that does explain why trash collection in SimCity is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, out of context commentary. Anyway, uh, oh boy, you're talking about the chat. It sure plays well for an audio podcast. Yeah, isn't it? Normally, normally I say what was said and then explain it. <laughs> but I'm feeling oh. lazy tonight, so fuck it. <laughs> uh, as far as the uh, as far as the manuscript goes, very strong possibility that you'll be seeing the actual book book version of the story we've been talking about. Within the next 30 days. Yay. 
I'm going to draw some pictures. Some uh, I'm doing some pencil drawings to uh, basically convert into uh, into toned images, into Pantone images, and I will insert them in the book. And then the book will be available for both print and Kindle editions. So does that mean how can you tell the, the toned images? Do they work out? Is that how they got so toned? I think you need to give them some baby oil. <laughs> Every time I'm exercising, it's like I'm coming. <laughs> oh dear. It's fine. It's natural. You want to do your? As long as it's not as made. <laughs> Keith, you want to do your version and save us here? No. The only good one. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, I don't, there's, there's no way I can like, like walk into this without just fucking myself, is there? Oh dear. <laughs> well, sure. I'm I'm I can work the auto coming. <laughs> you do the gamba. Right. Remember when I said I would kill you last? I lied. Alright, we're not talking to fucking Sally here, so it could be. You shut your whore mouth. Wow, dude. Woo! Did uh, I hurt your whore feelings? Oh man, uh, that's the best line of the game. Stop. <laughs> uh, all right, good night everybody. This show's over. <laughs> I think I did hurt his whore feelings. <laughs> I must have my wife. Thankfully, my regular feelings are completely intact. I, I knew I had a show tonight, and I said to myself, boy, I better come up with a topic. Otherwise, they're probably going to be talking about, you know, inseminating slaves and shutting their whore mouths or something. Oh, come on. You had no way, no idea it was going to go in that exact direction. <laughs> that goes all. <laughs> or yes, there are so many other incredibly offensive things that we could have randomly decided to talk about. This is true. I, I think by now our listeners understand that we don't actually think these horrible things. Prove it. Either that, or we only retain our listeners because they're terrible people. There's that possibility. Oh, sure, it's self the audience. Welcome to the Stormfront Podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> Adult. <laughs> yeah, hold my jaw. Stop. <laughs> oh, um, where's the mute button? <laughs> this week we'll be talking about the Northwestern plan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Guys, time for Operation Linebacker 3. Bob them back to the Stone Age again. I feel like I need to, like, find a boat and, like, swim away now. <laughs> Why the fuck do you need to swim in a boat? Don't even bother. There is no amount of showering that will ever make you feel clean again. Three to five inches tonight, one to three inches tomorrow. The fuck is shrinking. I feel like this podcast needs a real (laughs) do-over. Unfortunately, do-overs come at a stiff price. First you're talking about how many inches you're going to be getting, and now you're talking about stiff price. Let's see if we can keep this one going. No, let's not. You have to put pressure on us. 
Oh. I don't know, Keith, are we really being that offensive? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I was just giving it No more than usual. No, I'm yeah. only offensive if okay. you're operating heavy okay. machinery. Here's a, here's a valid question for the assemblage. If you had to go back and listen to the last season and a half of this show, would you would it really be that cringeworthy? Well, no, we're all obviously being silly. Okay. I, I just usually we're usually we're making fun of the people who have these views. Okay, I just want to make sure that that's clear to everyone because I don't want to sit here and think, man, I'm a huge fucking asshole for the wrong reason. <laughs> I like how you clarified that with the, hey, the wrong punch up, at the end. not down. Unless <laughs> we're talking about Hindu people, they can punch in every direction at once. Okay, now that yeah, they, got, I, they got those stretchy limb powers. That might have been a scotch over the line there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially since I don't understand that stereotype you just made, and I'm gonna have to go look it up. Stereotype? It's awesome. Oh. Okay, I get it now. One to three Sunday. Sunday. We're just saving off the inches. <laughs> I don't believe we're like South Park. We make fun of absolutely everybody under the sun so we can get away with it. I mean, not that I'm saying we actually have the comical talent of South Park. Speak for yourself. Yeah, seriously, dude. <laughs> All I'm saying is I'm motherfucking sick of this motherfucking snow in my motherfucking yard. Also, yeah, I'm a pit thrower. Also, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit worried about the, few, about the uh, two feet that's like on the peak of our roof. Because I can't reach that high with the roof rake. I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's probably... Stand on the roof? I, I guess it's probably a good sign that I'm willing to stop myself and question if we've gone too far. Yeah, I just see, see. I could go up and stand on the roof to shovel it off, but I don't like the idea of falling off the roof. It's fine. I'm glad everybody ignores me when when the host of, and executive. I'm sorry, Mac. Of said podcast is having a moral quandary. <laughs> it's fine, Mac. We we care about you. Morals are for the weak. Yeah, well, you know. You're welcome to gaze into your navel, but the rest of us would like you to just keep your shirt on. Do I have to keep my shirt on? Yes, please. <laughs> Damn it. But I can't play beach volleyball with my shirt if, on. Given the, given the fact that I'm currently 295 pounds, it would probably be best if I kept my shirt on. <laughs> Anywho. Oh, yeah, that is part of, that is part of my, uh, uh, my New Year's resolution is to lose 20 pounds by Jamie's birthday on uh, May 12th. <laughs> Good luck. Is it present? Hey, hey. <laughs> I was gonna say, are you gonna chop it out and give it to her like some? <laughs> Put it in a box. <laughs> like, hey, baby, yeah, I got you. getting your pound of flesh, but that's a little extreme. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, what happens if you if you like if you cut out like a, a a wrong kind of like the wrong size? Like, if you cut off too much, you're just like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna. Put Right back. <laughs> I just can't taste sliver that I put back. No, you just you go get liposuction. He kind of says, you, hmm. you take the results with you and you measure it out and give it to her. She kind of says, hmm, lose 20 pounds by May. Guess you got to have a ton of sex to burn those calories. See, you got that backwards. 
<laughs> I got a I, twenty pound I think, oh, sex. <laughs> I I think Family Guy did the thing with the liposuction, only it was used for other purposes. Uh yeah, hey wait, is that saying in the bathroom about washing your hands? That's only for the staff, right? Not in North Carolina. <laughs> oh boy. Everything I say is a lie. Except for that. And that. And that. And that. that. (laughs) Obviously, telling employees to wash their hands is is too regulatory. They just can't handle it. Keith, anytime you want to jump in here with something fascinating to save us from dying ignominiously tonight. (laughs) Okay, well, how about this? Uh, Chapter 6 of Mysteries of the Arcanians officially started with the update days being moved to... uh, Wednesdays for the official comic for the time being, and something special on Fridays that even I don't know about yet, so I'm excited to see. Gasp. Legasp, indeed. Woo! No, please, no Legasps. Hey, um, so, um, we didn't have a Lavender's page this week. Uh, yeah, because we, we had a discussion a couple months ago where you wanted to wait until you paid me before I did the next page. That way you didn't wind up accruing like this massive amount of debt. That is true. I just want to, so make, I, I just want to make sure we were still on that page. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no, no cases of the angries. We just uh, forgot. <laughs> no, we forgot on purpose because payroll was short. <laughs> unwrapping things. Fuck you. At least he figured it out. That's the important See, part. What the hell is going on here? If you, if you hadn't said anything, I wouldn't have done it. Uh, <laughs> but you were doing it before. I was getting jelly beans out of the fucking bag. Let's <laughs> <laughs> sit here and eat Cheetos on the podcast. Just to be fair, I thought it was Mike again. No, that was that was me. Mike is sitting there talking and licking his microphone at the same time. <laughs> it tastes so good. Start my ears, they bleed. Jesus Christ! My man has he caught the rabies? He needs a vaccine for that. Just get down, you bastard! <laughs> so it's the rain. All right. Well, uh, back on the uh, back on the Starship Moonhawk audiobook thing. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. What can they take you for in the 30th century? <laughs> anyway. Autism. So you get fake autism. Nice. Shut your fucking horn out, dude. <laughs> You know, you know why your mouth is a whore, right, Mike? Why? Because it's had so many dicks. I was going to think that you would say because, as a lawyer, I sell what I say. Yeah, I liked mine better. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening here. <laughs> All right, back to him. <laughs> I think we've lost control. <laughs> lost? Have we ever had it. There we Officially go. Control has been <laughs> officially control has been lost. I'll do it here. Book. Go. That's Sorry, why are we doing a podcast this week? In the morning. Why are we doing a podcast this week? I don't know. 
because drugs because are there's awesome. a schedule, oh. Mac, and if we don't stick to the schedule... Then there won't be a schedule anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, then everything starts falling apart. Keith, if I'm not mistaken, before, before we started this podcast tonight, we had a metric fuck ton of stuff to talk about, and then as soon as I got on the air, I was just like... You and me both. He had a mild yeah, thing. Like, was... Let's see, writing stuff down is work. Yeah. Fuck it, dude. This is a live, unscripted podcast. I start scripting an unscripted podcast and you have bedlam. Yeah, it's like, next, next thing you know, dude, the vaccines are giving you Alzheimer's. Mike, drop it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right, the cat knows. There's a difference between for help. When he said Mike, drop it, he meant me and the topic, not you, drop your cat. I know, Jesus Christ. Get the fuck out of here. Mike! <laughs> yeah, Max, if you start scripting an unscripted podcast, it'll be little bedlam. Like, suddenly he'll start wearing pants to the show. <laughs> there is a difference between scripting and uh, notes. note pointing, but uh, yeah. Note point thing with bullets, stop. Yeah, that thing. The thing that you're talking about, exactly. The thing you are describing with words. Do the thing. You got a PlayStation 4. But you know, okay. play on it. What, what, did, what did you get a PlayStation for? <laughs> Good one. Seriously, you have to play on it. I, well, I got the version that came with the downloadable copy of uh, uh, The Last of Us. Oh, okay. But you can play that on a PlayStation 3. Yeah, but it doesn't look as good as the DLC. It must be paid for it. Truly, we are the next gen. <laughs> Wii U is best next gen. I have a Wii Well, it actually had Bayonetta, so yeah, it is. Anyway. <laughs> Okay. The humorous thing about it is it doesn't work with our old Sony XBR TV in the living room. You know, you doesn't? The the 200, no, the fucking uh, PlayStation 4. Wait, your Sony console doesn't work with your Sony TV? Yeah, my Sony TV from 2003 that has a picture tube. That'd be why. Oh, because it has the HDCP on it. Why don't you get a next-gen TV? Because next-gen TVs are expensive. We have... And again, so is the PS4, so maybe you should have gotten those in the other order. Yeah. I can't believe you have... play PS4 when there's not many games on it. I have a 34... I have a, sorry, a 37-inch LCD TV in the bedroom. But I kind of wanted to use this in the living room where the 34-inch widescreen allegedly HD tube TV is. If you get it updated, you could turn off the HDCP and you should be able to use it on your other TV. Yeah, you try updating a fucking, what, 12-year-old TV? No, no, update the PS3. Four. Four, yeah, that's right. Because the recent update did turn off HDCP or give you the option to turn it off. <laughs> is everybody breaking things? What the hell is going on here? The only thing I heard being broken was wind. Oh my god! Is it like this whole thing? Like everybody's like, "Hey, we're gonna do stuff tonight on the podcast." Everyone's like, "I have no plans. We'll talk about nonsensical things like old men urinating on Viking landmarks." <laughs> Wait, what? 
to be fair, to be fair, this is basically what we do every single week. Yeah, actually, if we started talking about old men urinating on Viking landmarks, it would probably be a step up for where we've been for the last 35 minutes. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Viking landmarks, there's actually a thing going on in Sweden. They're building a relic to a Norse god, one of the first built since the times of the Vikings. That I've heard about. Uh, I thought that was kind of awesome, actually. Yeah, and here I thought that I was done with the manuscript. So I'm telling Keith about <laughs> book last night. All right, here we go. We're reading this one sequence, and I'm like, all right, here's the manuscript. You can start turning it into a script. All right, we get a cat to write a solo. Oh, wait, how many lines does she have? Ah, oh, fuck, she only has like six at the end. There's this whole sequence. And, and Mike, I think you've read the older editions of The Death of Perseus before when they came out, like at the yeah, I, place and stuff like that. I bought that. all of your ebooks. Okay. So, I cannot believe that Bob Starr, the editor who did How to Steal a Starship for StoneGarden.net, did not ding me over the head for this two page long Basil exposition about Admiral Cobalt obsessing over the physical features of his first officer for two full pages. Well, then it's really an obsession. Basil exposition? It, well, it, okay. That's an expression my friend Dan likes to use. Basil exposition. And a character on Austin Powers. Right. Which is, a, which is a character in reference to the joke of the phrase. Right. Okay, when so you, I have When you seen... refer to something as being Basil exposition, it's because it's unnecessary explanation. It's like, we don't need to show you what's going on. We're just going to tell you what's going on. Is that B-A-S-A-L? Yes. Like basil, but yeah. pronounced basil. Because, because, because joke and British. Yeah. Yep. Okay, gotcha. I never So it's become sort of an unofficial literary thing to refer to any excessively long exposition sequence as being basil exposition. All right. And so I just wrote that. I just I, I read it. And it's like I'm looking at this, and I have revised this story 18 times since '96 when I originally wrote it. Okay. So you're thinking, to, what the hell was I thinking why I didn't delete this already? And it and just last night, it occurred to me that Cobalt is being the most outrageously sexist, misogynistic dick that I have ever seen. Yeah, because it's like... Or maybe it's just that smoking. Well, no, the way that it's written, this is the best part, is the way that it's written is like, she, you know, she, she was this perfect blend of this, this, and it didn't really stand on anything, except for she's completely hot and tipped on the console. <laughs> That's exactly how it played out. I was like, wow. <laughs> For some reason, her, it was important to note that her bosom skewed heavily across the console. <laughs> was that was, the last... Was, was, it like, was this in the very beginning of the book? Because I think I might have read that. No, this is... Yeah, it's yeah. the very beginning of the book. To be fair, one would notice that. This is true, but the fact that he's sitting there really thinking hard about it. <laughs> I'm sure he's thinking hard. <laughs> Listen, listen, guys. The fact that this was written in 96, 19 years ago, half my age, okay, 
Sure says a lot about you. Apparently, I was thinking hard about it, too. <laughs> but no, the best part is the way that it's written is because that sentence at the end is just like, it's just like tacked on there because it, it ends the paragraph. It's like, what the fuck? Because it's like, you know, raven hair and this with the mixed heritage of the Spanish, that, 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 that is this tall and this, that, and her bosom was heaved heavily over the console. End of thought. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, kids. Just mark the date on your calendar. February 22nd, I turn 38. <laughs> I will officially be the 38th special. God damn it, you're not older than me enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't be the second drummer from 38 special. Yeah, yeah. Because that would be lame. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm sitting here. Okay, well, then, you know what? This is actually in line with what the most of, what my podcast is supposed to be about is me talking about either what's on my mind or what the fuck I'm actually doing. It's all about you, baby. That's right. Well, it is called Up Late with Mace, not well, not Up Late with Mace and the Boys. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Just and the boys at the <laughs> Up late with Mace and some other jokers he puts on the call to talk when he's gathering his thoughts. That's a good thing. Yeah, but that's a mouthful. I do like to have sounding boards. Listen, listen. At least you guys rate the term sounding board because I bounce ideas off of you. The fact that you actually talk back is kind of a bonus. (laughs) But we're just a huge echo chamber, and you're just hearing your own thoughts bouncing off. Wow. Are you saying you're not a real person? <laughs> suddenly, suddenly well, he's waxing philosophical here. Well, anyway, the the point of all this was that as I'm looking at the manuscripts for the later stories, you look at you look at the the bulk, the actual story in How to Steal a Starship. Naraya Solis is not a passive piece of window dressing. She's a she's a pretty strong kick-ass character, and it's like seriously, it's like. I think Cobalt was being a dick enough in How to Steal a Starship that you don't, you know, you don't need him to suddenly be an even bigger dick inside his own head, and then we get to hear about it. <laughs> well, we can't really control our internal thoughts. I mean, there's nothing inherently wrong with the fact that he's attracted to her. Especially since you ended the relationship how long ago? Like 20 years ago. Yeah. But the thing is, is that... The thing is, is that they're in the middle of a crisis, and he's demurring on how he'd like to put his... Wait, this is, this is in the middle of, of something important? Yep. <laughs> well, then he's just... Who wants to have a commander who's that distractible? The man needs to break. The thing, is, the thing is, is that this sequence is supposed to really take place in the space of a few seconds, and it goes on and on and on for so with, long. Even, even with Mac, like, like uh, kerfuffling and bullshitting, like, you know, bullshit thought process while he's reading it aloud to me. He's like, you know, he's read, 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 you know, nonsensical sum, sum up and paraphrase and sum up and paraphrase. It was seven minutes. Yeah. It took me seven minutes to read the sequence with me going like, you know, first I started out as Harry Plinkett, you know, and then I was like, uh, something, something gives a fuck, then this happened, and then I'm thinking about the thing, and then uh, yeah, I want to put my hot dog, which is my penis, between your buns, which is your breasts. <laughs> I think your buns are on the other end. <laughs> no, he wants to... <laughs> 
No, there's guns everywhere. He wants to get some Pizuri action going on there, you know, because after all, he is talking about breasts on consoles. <laughs> okay. I grant this maybe wasn't a good idea. He, let me put it this way. He likes his hot dogs to have mayonnaise. What a weird choice of <laughs> I don't think that suggests what, it, what you might, well, maybe it does. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just being gross. Anyway. Well, just when I think about what that would biologically imply, I don't think it's what you meant to imply. Well, let's just say that I'm glad that there's only about 50 copies of this book out there. Because... That you know of. Because, I'm well, okay, it was probably downloaded... I, Chris and I calculated out how many times my ebooks were downloaded from, from the uh, free side of uh, $5ebooks.com because there was a bunch of books that we gave away for free for promotional purposes for a very long period of time before we went into print books. And so, you know, I had The Death of Perseus and How to Steal a Starship and The Admiral's Daughter as three separate books. And they had never been edited. They had never been reviewed or anything like that. And I looked back on them, and I just went, <laughs> and I realized that <clears throat> my very, very unrefined version of the Admiral's Daughter was downloaded 187,920 times. Jesus. Wow. What was your description of the titular daughter, and how titular was she? There is a, <laughs> a full-on pornographic. What? Never mind. There is a full-on pornographic sex sequence in the middle of the Admiral's Daughter. It has not been removed from the book, nor will it be, because I fully Peter Davided that shit. Yeah, that's what I remember, actually. <laughs> what does Peter Davided mean? Uh, it means that, that in the middle of any given Star Trek novel that he is writing, there oh. will be a fully descriptive and lengthy porno scene. <laughs> ah. There will be a bodice-ripping, stuff-it-in-every-hole sex sequence. Usually involving terms like he exploded inside of her. <laughs> and everybody's silent all of a sudden. Yeah. Is he, so he's one of the Star Trek novel writers? Basically, he is the god amongst fan fiction writers. If, he, if this involved he exploded inside of her, are you sure that this is Star Trek and not alien? <laughs> we're, we're referring to... Uh, the uh, trouser snake spewing. <laughs> to be fair, that's basically what a xenomorph is. A trouser snake? <laughs> well, I mean, look at the thing. <laughs> this is the worst thing ever, dude. Yeah, that, that's basically H.R. Giger saying, wait, you'll pay me to make a gigantic model of my penis head aliens and you'll put it in a movie? <laughs> yes, please. Fun fact, the xenomorphs were actually Oh my god. So anyway, yeah, that's what we got going on there. But it's like, in How to Steal a Starship, you know, it's like, Cobalt's like, uh, yeah, I can't really deal with my daughter right now, so you do it. And, and he, ultimately, he mans up and does what he needs to do to deal with his daughter. But it was a dick move for him to even ask her in the first place. <laughs> you know, he's like, Hey, yeah, uh, I, I know you're an officer under my command, and you can totally refuse this. But and and I'm not making it an order, but it's really an order. <laughs> I need you to handle my daughter. And yes, 
you can interpret that as you will. <laughs> you know, I didn't get very good talking. Exactly, a real tongue lashing. <laughs> so things will be fixed in the final, final, final version of the death of Perseus, where I won't have Admiral Cobalt obsessing about the things that he will do with Noriah Solis's orifices. Well, isn't one of the things that they say when you're dealing with Brighton stuff that you shouldn't spend too, too much time uh, describing your character's physical description regardless? There is that, too. Um, and you know, what's interesting is uh, the best Star Trek novels, they don't spend any time talking about what anybody looks like unless there's like a costume change or something very specific that they're trying to draw to the reader's attention about uh, their apparel or accessories or whatever. Because yeah. in those cases, we assume you know what these people look like. And one of the things that occurred to me was that if this uh, upcoming book I'm doing, The Fire and the Forge, is supposed to be chronologically the first book in the series, as far as this crew meeting each other and getting together, then the death of Perseus does not need to have 4,000 little sequences of this character looks like such and such with so and so and der-ba-der-ba-der-ba-der. Well, even with Star Trek stuff, it's obvious because the characters are largely known, or at least the ones most people care about. Well, what I'm saying, e- what even I'm in original stuff, you don't need to always. If I'm doing a sequential series, it's assumed that in the earliest book in the series, I will spend a little bit of time going over the very specific characteristics of each character. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the subsequent stories, that becomes redundant. And so I was noting that because I wrote this story first, almost 20 years ago, that it has a lot of that description that is unnecessary. Ah. So I ha- so in order to release it now, using the current timeline of Starship Moonhawk, after all of the false starts and retcons, <laughs> if I want to keep, if I want to shore up the timeline and make things consistent, I need to throw away a bunch of this crap that's in the previous incarnations of the death of Perseus. So that's what's going on right now. And actually, the new opening sequence is is pretty spot on. And it's got a lot of great character interactions and a great action sequence and a metric fuck ton of humor. But I think it's still noteworthy that her tits are heaving on the console. I mean, that's an important bit. Well, the, the, as I said, the problem is is that... It's like it, the punctuation to the end of the paragraph? Since at least 2006, I have made it absolutely unequivocally clear that Naraya Solis is not some passive character who's standing in Admiral Cobalt's shadow. She's a pretty kick-ass woman who can stand on her own and ultimately rises to command of the ship. Sure, but she still has heaving tits. (laughs) You can be both. You are a a dog with a bone, sir. (laughs) To be fair, in, in all seriousness, sometimes in very serious situations, you think about the damnedest things. 
I, I know that, but two pages? Two pages? No, I'm not saying two, two pages. That's ridiculous. As I told Keith, the way that this, this whole sequence should go, it's like, he looks at his first officer. She looks tired. Boy, I'd like to fuck her. Moving on. <laughs> hey, you're still no John Galter, whoever the fuck it is. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's Atlas Shrugged. I... <laughs> Do you mean that guy who wrote the Gore series? No, I'm talking. No, I'm talking about the thing in whichever Ayn Rand novel it is, where the guy <laughs> basically does a soliloquy for like ten pages. Oh, I thought you meant the misogyny. No. Oh, no, I, I, I just meant I just meant the long period of basically talking more or less directly to the audience, apropos of very little. I, I can sit back here and I can think back to the you know those. Uh, the summer days in 96 when I was fussing around with this thing. And I know mostly what my thought process was. I was, it was a, it was supposed to be a middle chapter in a much longer book that I was planning on writing. And I threw it together for a creative writing class. And the big problem with it was that I was trying to like, give an inkling of what outsiders were and their psychic powers and all this crazy stuff. And what ended up happening was I changed what outsiders basically are because I realized after I wrote inside outsider, much to my eternal shame that I basically became too enamored with the first X-Men movie and incorporated it into my book. And for some reason, the Outsiders were basically X-Men, which... I was going to say, so, so, so Outsiders are like mutants from the X-Men, except we can't use that word because Marvel owns it. Well, there's that. Well, you can call them metahumans because that's what, uh, that's what like, E.E. E. Doc Smith would call them. <laughs> to be fair, though, a lot of series have done sort of the idea of the human race developing telepathy or what have you kind of powers well, in a space opera. Interestingly enough, thanks to thanks to 20th Century Fox owning the rights to X-Men's motion picture universe, they actually cannot use the term mutants in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Really? Yep. That I know. Yep. So there's a lot but I mean the basic idea. But but you you know you can call like them mutants or whatever. It's like it's like I, I suggest that outsiders are kind of like a, a sort of next step in evolution. So, I mean, by the most literal definition, if you compare them to, typical, to the typicality of humanity, they are quote unquote mutants. But, you know, I, I just, I metahumans or superhuman is a little sketchy, but metahumans is probably the best word to describe them. And so, and so, but the difference is, is that, I, and I think I was also like in '99 when I made another revision to those books, I was also, for some unfathomable reason, enamored with the Wing Commander movie, where for some re- for some completely unknown reason, Chris Roberts decided to throw his entire universe away, and introduce these, you know, godlike magical space navigators called the Pilgrims. And somehow the outsiders took on elements of being pilgrims. So what I just decided in this ver- in the current incarnation is that 
outsiders are more like Jedi. In other words, they're a revered order, but they're a little inscrutable because due to their meta nature, they can't relate to most normal people. Hmm. Except they're not, you know, really so weird like the Jedi thanks to the prequels. <laughs> you know, <laughs> amazing, the mind of a child. <laughs> and a shiver went throughout the theater. <laughs> it's like Yoda, what are you, you doing? You Yoda sound like a pedophile. Well, he did sound like a pedophile. It was literally the first impression that I got when I'm watching that scene, and he's like, the kind of a child. <laughs> I'm like, ah! Adult required. Adult required. Fine, he's intellectually attracted to him. And then a few years ago, you know, and then I found fuckmeinthegodass.com. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, come on, you guys don't remember this discussion? I was thinking about that whole sequence about the talking goat from the Adam Sandler comedy album, What the Hell Happened to Me? And he's like, and he, for some reason, he played this talking goat where he's like, fuck me in the goat ass! Because <laughs> they hit him in the head with a football. And he just does that as, the, as his exclamation. And so for some reason, I figured out that somebody had named a URL, fuckmeinthegoatass.com. And it has a picture of Yoda butt-raping a sheep. With the tagline, endless the possibilities are. Wow. <laughs> to be fair, the sheep might have consented. Yoda's psychic, so he'd know. Oh, my God. Anyway. Well, I've been living. Yeah, so, you know, you just connect all these bad dots together, and guess what happens? It forms a disturbing picture. Yep. All right. Well, I guess we've, uh, I guess I've filled enough time in here actually talking about relevant stuff. So, uh, listeners, if you've made it this far uh, and not completely stopped listening to our podcast because we're offensive twice. You deserve a medal. Yeah. Twice? <laughs> yep. Congratulations. Yeah, it's a combination. It's a portmanteau of the word. It's, it's, it's you're half one word for a vagina and half another word for a vagina. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah, Barack Obama's werewolf army likes to refer to certain members of the Republican Party as unctuous twins. Werewolf army? Well, yes. That's a whole explanation we don't need to have. Yes, we, we well, don't know. Actually, that, there's, there's a good reason for that. Hey, hey, hey! I noticed this recently, which is that a lot of the best uh, expletive things have, a lo- have whatever that thing is where you have the same vowel in both halves of it. You know, like fuck nugget. <laughs> or ass basket. <laughs> ass hat? Yeah, ass hat. So, in fairness, my favorite insult that somebody came up with for Cersei from Game of Thrones was cunt hammer. <laughs> <laughs> so, if a, hat, if a hat is something you wear on your head, would an ass hat be pants? <laughs> <laughs> kind of is my ass hat. <laughs> <laughs> and on that wonderful note, Keith, play us out because you know what? This podcast is over.
it's, it's a goat ass. Fuck me. 